0: I'm going to start off with a story. I believe the reason I want to tell this story is because history may be about to repeat itself. In order to give you the full comprehension of this story, I must start from the beginning. On September 15, 1857, William Howard Taft was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. He later graduated from Yale University in 1878, then he graduated from Cincinnati Law School in 1800. Taft started his career in private practice at Cincinnati. After serving as an assistant prosecutor and a judge of the Ohio Superior Court, he was appointed Solicitor General of the United States in, excuse me, in 1890. At this point, William had a pretty impressive record. Subsequently, Taft went on to serve as a judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. He held that position from 1892 to 1900. So at this position, and at this point in time, we already know that William Howard Taft loves law and judicial practice. Most of Taft's family members had gone into law. I mean, he had no political aspirations. In fact, he once joked that if he ever made it to Washington, it would be because his wife was Secretary of the Treasury. He never had any goals of becoming a politician until in 1901 when President William McKinley appointed him civilian governor of the Philippines. He actually did pretty well in that job. Biography.com writes, President William McKinley appointed Taft General of the Philippines. The portly judge then took his wife and three children to Southwest Asia, where where they lived for four years visiting China, Japan, and the Vatican. Taft improved the Filipino economy and infrastructure and expanded opportunities for governmental participation for Filipinos. He held that position until 1904, when he was then appointed Secretary of War, which was interesting because his father, Alfonso Taft, a prominent Republican attorney, served as the Secretary of War under President Ulysses S. Grant. When Theodore Roosevelt's term was over, he needed someone to run. In particular, someone who could carry his progressive agenda. So he chose William Howard Taft. He won that election in 1908 and served one term as President of the United States. But one of the mythical things he's remembered for is quite hilarious. I started studying presidential history in the second grade, and I spent a lot of time in the library skimming through books on this subject. And I was just captivated by President Taft. One of the stories I came across was that the president got stuck in the White House bathtub. I mean, his nicknames were Big Lub and Old Bill. But the hilarity of this story is actually a myth. According to the New York Times, quote, Mr. Barnett said, quote, there's no proof this actually happened, End quote. So, yeah. America's 27th president did not get stuck in the bathtub, but that's one thing he's weirdly remembered for. However, if you go on Amazon, there's like a $7 book about uh, this uh, hilarious myth that the president got stuck in the bathtub. It's $7 on Amazon. You know, I'll put that in the description of this episode. The story goes... It took six of the strongest men in the White House to arrest William Howard Taft's substantial body of the bathtub. But that story is often the only thing people recall about him, which is a shame because his stance in American politics was just remarkable. When President Taft left the White House, he went on to teach constitutional law at Yale University and appeared frequently on the lecture circuit. Following that, he served as the Joint Chairman of the War Labor Board until June 30th when President Warren G. Harding tapped him on the shoulder to be Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court.
1: Highlights in the life of America's 27th President, William H. Taft. Born in 1857, Taft, shown here in 1909 as he rode to his inauguration, first attained national importance when appointed Solicitor General by President Harrison. He was a judge in 1892, held high posts under McKinley in 1900, elected president in 1908, and here in 1921 he became Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. You're watching history exactly as it was made with Taft and Oliver Wendell Holmes leaving Supreme Court buildings. Holmes and the new Chief Justice. 1923 saw the death of Warren Harding. Present were Taft and Calvin Coolidge, who was to succeed Harding. Taft officiated at the Coolidge inauguration later that year. In 1929, he swore in still another chief executive, Herbert Hoover. Honorable scenes from the career of America's William Howard Taft.
0: He finally had received his dream job and he was absolutely blessed to have it. According to millercenter.org, quote, he wrote 253 opinions, or about one sixth of all decisions handed down during his term. Most of his decisions were cautiously conservative and constraining of government. End quote. And here's another quote. He also ruled against the right of Congress to discourage child labor by levying an, excess, an excise tax on goods manufactured by children. However, in at least one instance, Taft had an opportunity to expand the president's power. His majority opinion in Myers v. United States invalidated tenure of office acts, which limited the power of the president to remove subordinates, in this case, postmasters. End quote. Taft retired from the court on February 3, 1930, after serving eight years as Chief Justice. Last month was March. We are now in the month of April. On March 8, 1930, nearly one month after he retired, William Howard Taft died from complications of heart disease, high blood pressure, and other health issues. He was 72 years old and he had done so much in his career. President Taft's ultimate goal was to become Supreme Court Justice of the United States. He did not have political aspirations. He he even joked about his wife becoming Secretary of Treasury as as that being the only door and entrance of getting into Washington. He did not have any political aspirations. He never wanted to run for president. He just wanted that dream job of becoming Supreme Court Justice of the United States. I'd like you now to take a listen to this PBS Presidents. Um, it's a PBS. Pre- it's from the PBS Presidents YouTube channel. Take a listen to this. They have more facts and intriguing information on William Howard Taft.
2: Howard Taft was large, but he wasn't as in charge as some Republicans wanted. Taft came from a well-known Ohio family. He was a good lawyer and a respected judge. When America took control of the Philippines, Taft did a great job as the governor. And when he came home, he was Teddy Roosevelt's Secretary of War. Taft had never run for office, but Roosevelt figured Big Bill was the guy to carry on his progressive agenda. He won easily in 1908, and Taft did some progressive things. He supported the constitutional amendment allowing income taxes. He tried to lower the high tariffs that corporations loved, he kept on filing antitrust lawsuits, and he secured more power for the executive branch to regulate the economy. He even beefed up American influence in Latin America by promoting trade. But it wasn't enough to make Teddy's supporters happy, and the Republican Party split in two. Taft didn't try to influence public opinion the way TR did. Instead of forcing issues through politics and executive orders, he always preferred to work through the legal system. Taft loved the law, and he thought Roosevelt had gone too far. Progressives labeled Taft a sellout. Roosevelt ran against his former buddy in 1912, and with Republicans divided, both men lost to the relatively unknown Woodrow Wilson. In the end, Taft got the job he always wanted. He became the first former president to be appointed Chief Justice of the Supreme Court.
0: One year ago today, Joe Biden announced that he was running for president.
3: Charlottesville, Virginia, is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history, We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. It was there in August of 2017, we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and bearing the fangs of racism. Chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans and a violent clash ensued. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? But those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. I wrote at the time that we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. Well, that's even more true today. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. But if we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation, who we are. And I cannot stand by and watch that happen. The core values of this nation our standing in the world, our very democracy. Everything that has made America, America is at stake. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for President of the United States.
0: Joe Biden has often talked about nominating former President Barack Obama to serve on the Supreme Court during a campaign event in Iowa. Will President Biden nominate Dr. Obama to the Supreme Court? (laughs) If he'd take it, yes. All of the other candidates have departed the race for the White House. Joe Biden is now the presumptive Democratic nominee. Former President Barack Obama has recently endorsed Joe Biden.
3: But if there's one thing we've learned as a country from moments of great crisis, it's that the spirit of looking out for one another can't be restricted to our homes or our workplaces or our neighborhoods or our houses of worship. It also has to be reflected in our national government. The kind of leadership that's guided by knowledge and experience, honesty and humility, empathy and grace, that kind of leadership doesn't just belong in our state capitals and mayor's offices, it belongs in the White House.
0: And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. If Joe Biden is elected president of the United States, this will become a remarkable repeat of history when he appoints Barack Obama to be a Supreme Court Justice. Former President Obama hasn't yet shown interest in this position, but his legal background would be expedient to his Senate confirmation. He was a lawyer and went to Harvard Law, where he became president of the Harvard Law Review in 1990. William Howard Taft's wife, Helen Taft, is the only woman to have a husband who served as president And Chief Justice. She's the only First Lady to hold that title. If Joe Biden goes through with this, then Michelle Obama will make history as the second woman, the second First Lady to hold that title. I mean, what is being reported here is just remarkable. But if Joe Biden becomes president and nominates Barack Obama to the US Supreme Court, then history will have miraculously repeated itself. William Howard Taft's aspirations were not political, but they were judicial. He did not dream of becoming a politician or governor of the Philippines or civilian governor of the Philippines. He did not want to be Secretary of War or serve and run for president just because Roosevelt wanted someone to carry on his progressive agenda. He wanted to run and become a Supreme Court Justice. He did not want to run for president or any political position. He wanted to be a Supreme Court Justice. He was appointed and he was confirmed on that same day. But looking back on that moment, on that particular moment in history, is amazing and it's also remarkable because history is about to repeat itself. I say that with great humility and grace because what is about to transpire here is going to be historical it is going to be miraculously amazing it's it's going to be inevitable but how will we how will we how will we define this moment in history this moment in history will be written in the history books because joe biden won the election became president of the united states and fulfilled his promise And fulfilled his purpose and fulfilled his his comment towards that voter and nominated Barack Obama former president of the United States the first African-American president of the United States to the United States to the US Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice and when you are on the Supreme Court that is a lifetime job a lifetime position You get to serve on that court until you die or retire. But history is about to miraculously repeat itself. We'll be right back. If you looked at America like a bird, and that was all you knew, would you really understand it with just that point of view? We've got a different way to look at it from right here on the ground. We don't just see United States we see united towns from where we sit just down the street near the post office by the park when we stop and look around what we see are sparks sparks of hope of compassion of communities who stand firm when neighbors lift each other up expecting nothing in return we're grateful for what you bring and all the sparks you've shown in the thousands of towns that we get to call home. All right, welcome back. And joining me now for the interview is Miss Najima Davis Washington to share her perspective on this incredible story. Uh, so, Miss Najima, thank you for coming on the show.
4: Thank you again for having me, Jeremiah.
0: What we're seeing here is sort of a repeat of history. Um, if Barack Obama is nominated to the United States Supreme Court by Joe Biden, how do you think America will look at this moment?
4: I think uh, the idea and the suggestion is a, I don't know if it's a smart political move by mm. uh, Biden, but it is definitely a move to continue to perhaps keep his name of any names, Um in the news right now as our mm-hmm. focus obviously is on some other um phenomenon um <clears throat> i.e. coronavirus but i think you know, Biden's attempts here, whether it be talking about um, a black woman as his running mate or yeah. Barack Obama as, you know, um, a Supreme Court justice. Well, first, I think Barack Obama would make an incredible Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. Um, his obviously his, his scholarly work and then his perspective as um, uh, the supreme lawmaker of the land. I mean, <laughs> it would be it would be it would be an incredible. Um way to shift the tides of the court and mm-hmm. to leave uh a type of legacy that not only would biden um uh bill on but would further you know elevate barack obama in in history uh, again i think it's um it's a nice suggestion yeah um will it happen um it it could happen, mm-hmm. but that all of course depends on Joe Biden being elected president of the, these United States uh, when our election time comes.
0: Yeah, um, Barack Obama would be the second president to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. Um, do you think Barack Obama would be open to becoming this?
4: Um, I think he might actually. Um, <clears throat> depending on you know his particular you know what is he doing right now. Um, Barack has been laying low and letting (laughs) (laughs) nature take its course, so to speak, and let uh, people see exactly what's playing out with our current administration. Yeah, Um, I think if... um, I I don't know who could possibly persuade him. I guess it all comes down to whether or not Michelle says it's okay, right?
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think he would be an incredible uh, Supreme Court justice. I think our country could definitely use it yes i think we would all benefit from it
0: all right once again my guest is miss najima davis washington thank you for coming on the show again
4: thank you very much jeremiah you have a good day
0: all right thank you we'll be right back all right so i decided not to cover coronavirus uh for the jeremiah patterson show today however on next tuesday i will be talking about the coronavirus and i will have some special guests on it'll be a tjps special report um, I'll have some special guests on. Uh it's gonna be the anniversary, not the anniversary, but it's gonna be the big special, the big celebration of season eight, episode three hundred of the Jeremiah Patterson show. I'm gonna have lots of great guests on to talk about the coronavirus and also send me your quarantine stories. So this is how this is gonna work. So two ways you could send your send in your quarantine stories and how you are dealing with COVID-19 and being sequestered in your homes. What are you doing to stay busy? Two ways, one, you can send in an anchor audio message. Um, If you, in the description of this episode, if you're on Apple Podcasts, or if you go to the Jeremiah Patterson Show, the anchor website, you can literally go on the website, there is send voice message, you can click on that, you can start recording and record a story about you being in quarantine and how you're dealing with this self-isolation being sequestered in your home. Two, you can do this by emailing me at jdpat, that is jdpat, J D P A 775 at gmail.com. And once again, jdpat775 at gmail.com. You can do all of that and I will review all of that information and I will play it on the special if we have enough. If not, then I'll play it on Saturday show. So don't freak out. Uh, but thank you everyone once again for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson show. Have a great day, stay safe, and God bless every single frontline healthcare worker and emergency worker, including police officers, grocery store workers, Amazon workers, who just delivered my package, by the way, who are working persistently to continue and go on with their lives as they are risking their lives to combat COVID-19 so that we may have a brighter world tomorrow. So stay home, stay positive, and let's continue to save lives.